Welcome to the 179th edition of the Guna Podcast. This is your host, Kevin Witcher, and we are recording this on the Tuesday evening after Arsenal's draw at Crystal Palace, with the next fixture being at home to Sheffield United at the good old-fashioned kick-off time at 3 o'clock on a Saturday. So with plenty to discuss, let's introduce this evening's panel. First up, one of our regulars, a man who circulates with the Arsenal players in their natural habitat, at least those with homes in the NW3 area of North London. From recollection amongst his neighbours is a certain Freddie Lundberg, editor of the Hampstead Village Voice. It's good evening to the man of a thousand names, Mr Emmanuel Mustafa Goldstein. Good evening. Next up, a long-term Arsenal Supporters Trust board member, as well as a man heavily involved with the England cricket team's PR. So I'm looking at a suntanned face, untypical of these parts, as he's just returned from sunny South Africa, where the Test Series is standing at one all after England's win in Cape Town. Choosing Chile Highbury in preference to Port Elizabeth, it's a pleasure to say hello to Mr Tim Payton. Hello. And last but not least, another man with long-standing involvement in the Arsenal Supporters Trust, for whom he still contributes financial analysis on the club's figures. So he's in a good position to inform us exactly of what the club are capable of doing, if anything, in the current transfer window. It's a warm welcome back to Mr Simon Hill. Evening. Gentlemen, the last time we recorded the Guna podcast was in the second week of December. Freddie Lundberg was our caretaker stroke interim manager. And Mikel Arteta was on the list of names. Since then he's come to the fore. He has basically... Uh, he's got the job for two and a half years? Three and a half years. Three and, a half three, year and a half. three and a half year contract. So, you know, assuming things don't get very pear-shaped very quickly, we're going to be getting used to Arteta ball. What do we think of it so far? Not bad. I mean, an improvement. I like the way he talks. I like the way he... You can understand what he says when he talks. Um, unlike his predecessor. It's which, a low bar. It's, yes. Uh, <laughs> I could do the job. <laughs> it, was, it really was, I think, uh, Emery's downfall was his inability to, to get a grasp of the language and yet still try, uh, apart from other things as well, which will be mentioned. But Arteta, so far a breath of fresh air. There seems to be at least a half in every game where we look like a football team. Um, and there's that feeling of, okay, they're having a go now. Um, albeit, I've got. If we remember when our te- uh, when uh, Emery started, uh, we did have a half every game there as well. There's a similar pattern, so it might be a full storm. Let's see where we go. Um, but at the moment, feel good factor is up on what it was. It's still a bit, uh, you know. But I think there's a, per- a personnel problem on the pitch as well. But that's another thing. We'll move on to that. It's what he's got to work with as well. But, yeah, feeling better. All right. Qualified optimism, I think. (laughs) Have Arsenal got the right man? I think they've got a better man than they had. And given they needed a new head coach mid-season, I think they probably did as... They they made a good appointment. It wasn't the first choice. They went to Brendan Rodgers, who used the interest to double his money at Leicester. Um, and then they were, would have been keen to take Pochettino, but he's on a very big earn out at Spurs, and I think he's waiting for, for a very, very big club that begins with a letter M in the summer. So after that, I think that Arteta was a strong choice. There's a little bit of risk in picking a fellow who's never managed a team in his life, and that was probably what did for him the first time round, the sense of being a rookie. Um, he, he's kind of had half a bounce, hasn't he? And the, the performances have bounced more than the results. I don't think you can look at Arsenal over the last few games and have felt better, felt they're trying harder, they're putting in more mileage, there's a bit more sense of purpose to it. But he's only what? He's only got one league win out of five games since he's been around. Four games. And, four games. Well, he, can you include he, Everton? Well, he, I think he quite wisely chose to sit in the stands so you couldn't be implicated with that one. But I agree with what was, what was just said. I mean, whoever is head coach, there are some real structural failings at Arsenal that are, that are going to take a while 
to unwind and sort out. And I think one of the encouraging things with Arteta is I think he will communicate in a way that we give him more time to sort those problems out. Okay. Um, do you think that... Do I get to say anything? Yes, please do. I wouldn't have been here if he wasn't here. Let's put it that way. If we were still going with Emery, I wouldn't have come. Simple as that. You know my views on Emery. You're having a big soul. You, know you know my views on Emery <laughs> from the last time I was here in September and in May. I wanted him gone in May. I was devastated that he was still here in September. I shut myself away from all things Arsenal for four months until we went. And, um, are you on a rebound then, though? Are am you I a rebound? Be I overly, am, overly, overly anything because it's not Emery. I am reevaluating and reconsidering my attachment to Arsenal for the I agree with pretty much everything you've said so far. I do think we are. There's some great analysis done on the little changes he's made with his players and, and how we're listening in their shots playing with a higher line, obviously trying to do things. And lots of little things that he's done seemingly very quickly that even Freddie struggled to do. And I think he's really been unlucky, which worries me a little bit. Because like, you sometimes get people who just are pretty unlucky. Mm. And you know the disaster that was Chelsea in the last seven minutes and bless his face when he's like head in his hands. I just thought, oh, but well, you cannot legislate <laughs> for individual errors of that nature. <laughs> No, you kind of look at Mustafi. Well, yeah, it, it, yeah, I mean, obviously he's not picking him. He no. was picking Mavrapanos on the bench ahead of Mustafi, which kind of says that Mustafi is unlikely to play many games. Yes. But the Bernard Lino one, you know, I mean, he's brought in his own goalkeeper coach and... You know, he's got work to do there. You know, I mean, that's the, the one area. Boss, we've always known. No, he's, so he's, he's probably been Arsenal's player well, of the season. Why is that mistake? There's wise of bad luck as well, isn't it? I mean, Jorginho's in the big pitch. Um, yeah, not getting decisions from the ref or VAR working away. Yeah, and so it just feels that, like, we've left, you said something, we've got the, the points. We aren't getting the points that the performances probably have merited. Well, I think also, I mean, that, that Chelsea game was a case in point. You know, the first half we went out blazing, great guns, looked really good. And we seem to be doing that, you know, it's like we'll either have a really good first half or a really good second half, but we don't seem to be able to... Well, it's physical, a, isn't a it? A good sort of, half, you know, half hour it, It's, it's um, the intensity yeah. he is asking the players to perform at. Mm. And in a way, it's a condemnation of what has gone before. They're not fit enough to do it. I think some of it's physical and some of it is mental too. I I don't know. I'm yet to be convinced that two or three players on the pitch have what it takes up here in the upper half of the cerebral area to. They just sometimes they just seem to the focus isn't there. You know, so, and that might be. Let's name those. names. No. Uh, okay, I'm going to make myself popular. Do we like that? We yes, like, we do. It, okay, throw. Uh, well, I mean, well, obviously, no, well, I mean, Shaka, Shaka's one of them. Gwendozi. But Arteta's begged him to stay. I know. Um, Gwendozi. I think someone what I actually think was the right thing to have done. Well, Shaka's important to that team. I think Shaka's the opposite of a rabbit's foot for Arsenal. I just don't see him as an Arsenal man. Well, you know, this. What, what, his, his, if he takes a player on, he'll stand in front of them, and it's all this. Right. What in 2020 yeah. in the current squad yeah. is an Arsenal man? Give me some names. Who are, who are Arsenal men? Yeah. Well, you mean who aren't playing for us now? Or no, who are? Who are? Who's an Because you've just man? condemned Ajaka for not being an Arsenal man. I, well, I, I, I think that the uh, only. Give me a moment to think about that. Uh, I, 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 there, there is a big job coming. I think the only midfielder that will still be here in 18 months' time is Torreira. Right. The only one playing yeah, in, he's Arsenal, a bit of an Arsenal in, in, yeah. in Arsenal's first team. But I, 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 I'm not so much into this Arsenal man or not anymore. I think it plays into sort of it's not slightly reality. old school culture. Yes. No, no, not the reality no, of millionaire like players on these, no. on these contracts. And, and, and I don't think Modern footballer might be more accurate. <laughs> Mercenary. Yes, but what, I mean is, what I mean is a, a player who will... Focus. No, who won't do that? Some, exactly. Someone, look, someone who will play football, be on top of the game. Like if you look at Liverpool and you look at Man City and you look no, at no, I'll, I'll stop you there. Teams, hang on, Ray no. Parler, yeah, okay, will be regarded as an Arsenal man. 
But he doesn't have the quality necessary to play in a Man City or Liverpool team. Yes, but the thing about Ray Parler is, if he lost the ball and made a mistake, he'd chase back. Yeah, and so I'm, I'm, I'm redefining yeah, your view of what an Arsenal man needs to be. Well, my view of an Arsenal man is someone someone who will fucking fight for the team. I mean, Arteta's an Arsenal man. I think in the sense, well, he's certainly talking the talk, and he's trying to get that 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 back into the squad so that players will go out and do play at their very best, stay on top of it and play an honest game, by which I mean all this falling over and, and winning, Whoa. dirty... No, 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 you're giving it that look. Oh. Sorry, we, I think it... We, we, I, I prefer... I don't look, now and again, fine. Isn't look, that what Arsenal have lacked in terms of game management games since Patrick Vieira left? Look, I, I think, I, I must say, I do reject these kind of labels. I think basically it's are you... Are you good? Yeah, or well, are you not? I mean. That's what I mean. Are you good enough? <laughs> and yeah. Arsenal don't have enough players that are good enough. That's that, exactly what and, I mean. And this is <laughs> and this is this is where now it's going to be really interesting to watch where Arteta goes. And we must remember Arteta is head coach. We've probably I've not been listening. Sometimes I'm on a kind of sort of emergency listen for it. People call him the manager. He's not. He's head coach. The decisions are taken by Raul Sinelli. There's Edu in there. They have got some huge work to do. Arteta's job is to squeeze as much as he can out of the squad that's there. They've got two weeks of a transfer window. Maybe they'll do something with it, maybe they won't. It seems we're very reliant on agent-mate deals at the moment. They've got the key striker who's scoring, what, 50% of the club's goals? But, you know, heading towards, heading towards a summer where he's almost certain to leave because it'll be in the final year of a contract. You've got to manage the psychology of that occurring on the team, well, on the fans. You've got Lacazette heading in with two years left. He should be sold if you stick to the pronouncements that were made. You've got Xhaka. Now, I, I think it was right of Arteta, but a bit of me was nervous. Is it Arsenal to turn around and beg a player to stay who's lined up a deal to go? I think we needed him more than not I see all his flaws but if he went I'd say there'd only be a weaker midfielder in the next five months well, so, but, but he's got you know, you've, got Ozil, you've got Ozil who quite you know is the biggest you know piece of piss waste of space overpaid Sorry. show pony there's been did I get enough fake words in there at once <laughs> no, 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 but no. he's been carried you know but we've got to try and make the best because it's 350k a week well, a I expect time. I mean he's even managed to totally kill off the option of putting him in the Chinese market hasn't he Not, I'm sure that was all manufactured yeah, by the agents just be rude about the Chinese then they can't send you there for the final get year realistic. get realistic December we were nearer the bloody relegation zone than anywhere we're still else, on right? now right okay you miss the Europa League next season you've got a 30 million oh. plus hole in our finances we are fucked which is royally fucked which is why our okay. has got so an it's an emergency and, and in an emergency you deal with what you've got of around. course you do you can't sit there and say oh I'm agreeing with you, Simon. But what I'm saying is, what's going to be so fascinating is he's got to kind of deal with an emergency and get the most out of it as he can. But within that, you've got to be strategizing for some big work that needs doing in the summer. And that's coming at you anyway. Someone's through. Yeah, but it's supposed to be Yeah, they're dealing with it at that level. But but where Arteta's got to deal with it is there will be players' agents briefed about you know, about where they're going, the psyche of certain players who won't try very hard in a game because they want out. And Arteta's got to manage all of this. Like you say, he's also, what's going to be fascinating, which basket does Arteta put his eggs in? Would you throw everything at the Europa League to try and secure that Champions League place? Would you concentrate on coming between... um, Fifth, sixth, and seventh to get Europa League so you don't totally fall out the basket. Europa would you go, would you go quite hard at an FA Cup because it will win favour from fans and, and it will get you in Europa League? Tickled. It does get you yeah. in Europa League. You know, because I'm convinced that if you ask Emery his biggest regret of all, it was that he didn't prioritise between Europa League and Premier League last season. Well, he, could, he, could, he sort and, of did. Well, he sort he of did. did. But a real, I bet you where he kicks himself every game was that home game. Where he, where he kind of dropped a couple of the players that would normally have started waiting for the semi-final. Palace. And, 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 and we were one and point short. Sure. And, and, and a brain fart. He ended up one, we lost the point. He ended up one point short in the Premier League and a second half in the final short. And I bet you he wishes he hadn't kind of tried to ride both horses 
so far on. Arteta's got to make that judgment because and Simon will point out, and people don't like this, but the judgment has to be how you maximise the finances for next year. Do you have a chance of getting yourself out of the situation where you are? It's, it's just, it's early. I mean, I, I, Arteta's basically at the moment, he's just trying to get belief into his squads. He's just trying to deal with whatever he's got. You can yeah, see it, and he's doing fantastically well. He's turned Jacker around. Guendouzi looks a bloody better player. Guendouzi can actually do some things defensively in the box, and he's switched on a little bit. Mate, the last is it. Okay, yeah, we're talking about players that didn't get switched off. Yes, Luis had a little brain fart, and, and Kolasinac did the other day. You know, but, but you can see everyone has stepped up, and he's been absolutely clear about the one thing he said from day one, and it's clear on those places. Is there is the one thing you do is you bust your nuts for me, yes, and you follow my instructions. If you don't, yeah, that's it. And actually, right? even Urzel is busting half a gap. Urzel's doing more distance than anyone else in an Arsenal shirt in the last two. Yeah, but anyone can run up and down the bit. Eleven kilometres. Yeah, but Lee Dixon taught Lee Dixon taught me about how you've got. You've always had this. Okay, I think there's one thing that we've got to bear in mind. It's a side show. They're all busting a gut at the moment. Because uh, he's the new yes. manager, and they've got, and he said, you know, it's my way or the highway, and they've all gone, oh yes, sir. Now well, there will come a point where things will level off a bit, and it all comes a bit. And yes. again, they'll go into their self-entitled millionaire in a, a Range Rover mode. And, uh, but hang on, hang happen, on. You know, so is it Arteta? Oh, what I mean by Arsenal man is, is it someone who will consistently I just think bust a gut for this team over a whole season? Is, is part of the reason that Arteta was? brought to the club because of his reputation of improving young talent. Because isn't that where we are now? Yes. Economically. So my thought on that is if there is drop-off, he will start using more. Mm. Well, I'm not sure you're right there in that Arteta can't have a reputation for anything in that he's never been a head coach anywhere before. But he, think, his reputation yeah. was well, for improving players. Well, where? It's well, it's I mean, it's, well. it's well publicised. The players have said. Sterling. Sane and Sterling have and said. Sane. But in a different role. What, what role? Well, he'd never been head coach. So he didn't have a reputation as a head coach of doing No, but that. his coaching I mean, is coaching. Well, yeah, if you're going to tell yeah, a player so what why to do... We, so why don't we bring him in and give him that role rather than give him a different role to the one you said he's got a good reputation in? Probably because he wouldn't have taken the job. Well, there, there you go. But, I mean, I half agree with you. I think what, they, what they've done is gone for this new, you know, new style of young, progressive coach that is much more about getting alongside the players... He's got a very, you know, the whole style. In effect, it's Guardiola light, isn't it? Absolutely. It's everything from, at the end of the game, you're on the pitch, every player gets a hug. I mean, Wenger never did any of that. He backed his players 100%, but they didn't do that kind of thing. Mm. They've gone for this new wave of bright young thing, you know, studies the game, passionate, worked hard, believes in coaching, believes in making people better. It's kind of Guardiola light. Um, and, yeah, I think they've, they've clearly gone for that in a way they couldn't, there was nothing else to go for um, but that they could afford that they could afford or was available now but also it does fit Arsenal's profile a bit um, where where I think that the absolute key bit isn't so much going to be Arteta it's going to be Raul and Edu it's going to be the work they do with contract renewals with signings with loans with who we, who we want to who we don't sell because we actually want them to stay, that is going to determine Arsenal's next two or three years much more. And on their first year of operating, I'm far from convinced. I just, it's a nightmare. Rule, rule. I've said it before, say it again, keep saying it. Rule's given more power than Wenger. He's Wenger and Gazidis combined. He's got all the money, he's got control over the football, theoretically. Yeah, we waited how long till we got Edu? Edu strolls in in the summer. Well, they really low profile. Really low profile, under the radar, he comes in, and then suddenly when Arteta's here, it's like, oh, me and Edu, we chatted away. Me and Gaspar, we were like buddies. We sparked, and it was like, okay, great, something's happened there. But with Rule, Rule sat over the ship that went for Emery instead of Arteta in the first place. Must have been a big part of that decision was. with Madrid and Gazidis. Yeah, and then presided over a summer on his own, pretty much, that resulted in us 
spending 100, thicker 140 million quid on Pepine, Tierney, and Saliba. One player who's back at Lonely's old club, one player who's nicknacked, and one player who's clearly the best, massively right at what he needs to be at to play as a Premier League frontline player in a team that wants to play that sort of football. I mean, he's not a Sterling or a Sane, is he? He's not Pepper's not near him. And that's what we put all our money on. Okay, yes, we've got Martinelli. I think we said earlier, before the podcast, you know, maybe it's the way the rules contact this works. You get, you pay a £70 million for an overvalued Pepe and you get a Martinelli who's like probably worth £30 million quid already. It's and very agent-driven now. And one of the things you know, I don't like at all is to see the super agents sitting in the Arsenal box. I mean, who on earth... We're not that... We haven't got the dough. Who on earth is keeping an... No, but keeping an eye on that. But it's not just about big dough. I mean, look at, look at David Luiz, who, you know, again, you might say we had to find someone. But, you know, that was all manufactured by Kia Zubikan. Kia Zubikan is a super agent who sits in our box. She just happens to be Luiz's agent. I did laugh the other day when I saw David Luiz come out and say how Arteta was the greatest thing since sliced bread. If you actually read what he said, it's exactly what he said about Frank Lampard the day before he handed in a transfer request at Chelsea. <laughs> uh, so, you know, take it, take it with a large, take it with a large pinch of salt. But one of the things, and you know, and I have, you know, Simon has been asking me, looking at the Arsenal's figures, where's a little bit of the money going? It doesn't quite reflect the fees. Absolutely convinced that when we start seeing the agents' fees that Arsenal are paying, which have to be published, there's going to be a significant upswing in the agent fees because we have started giving them money. But I guess there is that argument if you want to succeed in the game, you've got to pay them. Liverpool are paying more agents' fees than anybody at the moment. There was always the criticism of Bengals that we wouldn't play the big place so it just left Arsenal to always say uh, could you have had him if I wanted you because he didn't have the agent on a light note I think if um, Arteta can manage David Luiz uh, and Granduzzi to um, stay switched on as much as they do care about their hair um, I just I've no, I noticed them on the pitch doing their hair and it, I know it's in their eyes it, well, I know well why don't they tie it back they don't really, they don't really worry about it's that kind of in-depth analysis we get you well, on. You, you, you laugh when you laugh. <laughs> Arsenal man would tie it back. You laugh when you just get a fucking haircut. I did notice, it. I did notice when Dizzy came on. When Dizzy came on against Palace, he wetted his hair. Yes. So perhaps he was under instruction from the vets to wet his hair. No, so wet his hair to stop it flying in his eyes. But then I see David Luiz on the pitch at a corner, and he's getting his hair and stuff instead of. Marking the man is marking, and these little moments in football—one that will take your eye off the ball for a second to do a, a bit of makeup—and guess what? One nil, the other team. No, I mean uh, the nuts. Let's come back to subject matter. Is yeah, you know, rule is a real massive concern for me. Edo to me is an unknown. Was he involved in getting Martinelli? If he was, well, then hats I off. Think, I think he's already. Is he? Is he? Is he? No, I think. He, I think Edo was going to take that job for maybe a couple of months before he took the post. Yeah. And in that time, he was obviously in Brazil. And I think he... he I can't remember. There is some connection with Martinelli's people yeah. between Edu and Martinelli. Well, there's another lad that we're meant to be linked with in, in Brazil at the moment. I think this is partly why Edu has been bought in. So why? Definitely. Yeah. Right. Cheap South American players to be sold in three years' time. But Raul was not brought into Arsenal to do the role he's now no, doing. He's not. He was brought in... Because Arsenal were worried that there, and it's happening, there is this sort of group of clubs trying to create a European Super League. It would be awful for the game and where it's heading, but it's out there, the ECA big clubs. And Raul is right in the middle of that network, and he was given the brief of make sure Arsenal are invited <laughs> into this Super League, whatever. Hang happens. on, there's going to be five English teams in this Super League. Well, one of the reasons that Arsenal are sniffy about the current proposal although they'd love it Stan Kroenke does not care about like the number of European games that are played about sharing wealth so that you have a good competition about all the things that we would care yeah, about but it's redistribution at the moment and that is dead no, well no well that proposal is dead it's but lost. not the others behind the scenes well. but one of the reasons and I think maybe Agnelli made a mistake here 
was he proposed five places for English teams and there were six big clubs at the moment and three or four of them were nervous. If he'd offered six places, they'd have gone like that. But do not, I do, well, I mean, Cronky does not care for the custodianship or the future of English or European football and all of that. But that is what Raoul is primarily there for. And actually to, you know, so that I'm not, you know, it's not always hindsight, you know. He does know the super agents and Arsenal had a weakness there. So having someone that works in that field probably was something you need in a big club. I just he's just been I can't see anything good from Ron at all except for the fact that we've finally now ended up with Eze and Arteta and they might be alright together. The rest of it, the signings, the summer the summer before, was he around for the summer? Any of those signings I'm not really casting him a disservice. He, 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 he's been at the club officially since February twenty eighteen. What worries me? Yeah, exactly. This is back to the AST remit, isn't it, Simon? Is, is, who holds him to account? Where's the government? Who, who is there? At, Josh. Well, right, hang on. Let's just bring in the idea, the concept of the board of directors. Does it have any role to play in the organisation that Arsenal have become since Stan Kroenke became 100% under well, the club. Well, it, 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 it has an important role to play, whether it's doing it. When you've, particularly when you've got absentee owners that live in the States, you need, you need a check and balance to your executives from your board, the non-executive role to hold people like Raul and Edu to account, sometimes to support, sometimes to challenge. That would be done by a good quality board in London. But what, the board in London is 85 years old... 79 years old and 76 years old. It's doing well old. to survive, isn't it? Well, what do you mean, what, get up <laughs> each day? <laughs> I don't do that. I don't do that. I consult the doctor. The Guna um, should do a satirical spoof on the, the, I don't know if anyone's watched Succession. Yeah, yeah, I love it. And, you, and, and, and the old guy's just voting for him and, and whatever. But, I mean, you know, that's the sort of board we've got for But to me, maybe, I mean, I don't even follow it, but Keswick did manage to get it briefed, basically, that if they didn't sack... Um, Emery, he was off, you know, and, and he wanted Wenger out far oh, earlier than he happened. So in some yes, ways, we, it does we, seem like there is. We know he does, you know, throw they, his little toy out. They are, sometimes. they are so marginalised, and of course, they're not on. They're they're instantly dismissible. They're not on proper non-executive contracts, no, which are which are term based. So Stan you know, nothing if you want to know who, if you want to know who's running Arsenal, it's it's Raul. Vinay more on the sort of on the on the finance corporate side, but he is he is the partner with on all the decisions, and then going into Josh yeah, and, and Stan Conk is just you know yeah. giving it up completely. Right, he's he's, he's left it to Josh. Josh basically. Yeah. Well, about this chitter chatter at one point, this has been chit chat about a disappointing. I'm trying to think of a name. It was someone. It was someone from the David O'Dreary or something. Oh yeah, that got blocked. That. that got blocked by Ralph. Fuck for that. God. Well, well, I don't know whether I agree with that or not, Simon, because what I'm, whether O'Leary was the right person, I actually can see many the reasons. Concept, but, the, but it's the concept. Yeah, the concept. And what worries me was the fact that Raoul saw some challenge coming, and I'm not yeah, having that. He blocked it. It's absolutely. It's a personal man, that's it would have been a PR exercise. My worries, Wall basically, he's coming from Barcelona. You know, he thinks he's managing a top 10 European transfer budget, and he's not. He's going to struggle to get into the Europa League this year. Well, he, well, if he loses, he loses on Saturday, he's, he's even further away from right, getting let's, into the Europa League. Let's just... And it's like, well, what the heck? You know, he's ended up... Can Arsenal afford to buy anyone in this window? Yes, they could, actually, probably. But only... You can't say it like that. So, so the way it works is when you buy players, you pay for them on the drip, okay? Quite often. And when you sell players, you receive money on the drip. Kelsey Breeze, Arsenal are very good at making sure that there's always more on the drip for what they buy and they get more up front for what they sell. So the last two windows, for example, these football club accounts that came out at the back end of last year showed that we'd spent £99 million on new players in the year to May 19. And I immediately went around everyone like Tim, Nigel, tried to get Phil getting a debate going on the internet saying, how the fuck have they come up with £99 It's like, you look at transfer market, you can't come anywhere near that. From Socrates, Quinduzzi, Torreira, and Lino. What? 99 million? What the hell? Where's that come from? 
And like Tim rightly said, there was somewhere there was a quote about 12 million of agents. And if you go behind the numbers now, you can see that there's a big jump in the provisions number, which probably means that there's been some bonuses triggered, maybe going easy, maybe because we got to the Europa League final and there was some like trigger payments and some other place. But it's, it's still, like, it's a huge number. You said, wow, that was a good 100 million quid spent on those four. It's like, but I know this is drifting. The question was, well, my question to you was just, what, how much could, we, what, what's the, the price of player we could go for? Right, so, so basically, from those accounts, from what we can see from those accounts, and what we know we spent last summer, which is quoted as another net 90 million quid, net more sums, and uh, net 80 million quid we spent in the year to May, that's like 170 million quid, right? And at the time, we had about 100 million quid in the football club accounts and another 60 odd in the property companies, which technically is always available, but just worryingly never ever seems to end up in the football club accounts. Well, Maybe it's lent. Maybe I'm being unfair. Maybe during the course of the season, when the, the season ticket money is unwinds, the club needs needs some money to get it through the low period when its income and its expenses don't, don't marry out. Maybe it's lent it then, I don't know. But So there's some sort of just about balance at the end of... at the end of um, all that. At the end of all that. And you could say, but that means we probably could still afford to buy a player because we could buy him on the never-never eating into next year's transfer budget. You see what I mean? Summer, summer 2020's budget. We could use some of that. Mm. But I suspect what's overriding it all now is saying, well, hold on, guys. You know, there's a real, real chance we're not going to make Europa League this year. Real, I mean, let's be honest, it is. Look at that league table. Sheffield United on Saturday. I'll be delighted to see us beaten 2 0. Followed by Chelsea away. Followed by Chelsea away. You know, look at the, you know, it. It's going to be a dogfight. Europa League itself is hellishly difficult this year. It's got AX in it, it's got Inter in it, it's got almost double Two leggers, us in it, or we're going to get past Olympiacos. And you know, if we have a batch of injuries, uh, we're dropping ACLs. We've dropped three ACLs in 12 months. That was another thing I had against Rule. How come we suddenly start getting ACLs? You can't that? blame that on Rob. Well, he's in charge of football. <laughs> <laughs> he's in charge of fucking football. No, hold on. We all had to go at Wenger. When Wenger was in charge of football, we all said, fuck me, Arson. How come our players are always injured? Is it, is it the did guys... Arson, oh, did Arson have three players drop ACL in one, in one 12 months? Probably period? not. Absolutely. So what's changed then? How come we're dropping ACLs? And we're still halfway through the season. So anyway, yes, we could spend some money, but we've got this Europa League. If we miss out on that, we drop at least 30 million. More than that, because we'll probably drop on the commercial deals with, with the shirts. There's and no those. substitute for that gate income. There's no substitute for Well, I'm based on historic figures, I'm already taking down for this year. Last year through to May, we earned 37 million on the Europa League. Okay, that alone. And the gate the, the gate money is at least ten. Yeah. If you include the club and the tickets, although there's a lot of gaps in the club, it's true. You know, but it's, it's roughly, roughly, roughly about 10. So that, that would have been 47 last year. This year, I'm already saying, whoa, we're going to be way below 20 million on the Europa League anyway, because we've got Manny Wolves in it. We're not going to go so far. Not going to go so far. So, you know, and the club is running at a loss before it sells players. Yeah, even even no. with the new deals. Yeah. We've got the new well, deals. because of the wage bill. We've got the new deals from, uh, well, because of the lack of income. Basically, I mean, we've got the new deals from from um, from Adidas and Emirates this year, which have come in and will give us like extra income, thirty or thirty-five million odds. There's a new TV deal, which giving us a little bit more money as well from May 19 to this this coming May. But we're still, you know, only going to make a profit because we sold Iwobi and a bunch of kids in so the you, summer. So you think they won't sign in January? I'd be nervous unless so they're really be, confident. So, and I don't know whether it was made up today or not, but the sort of thing you, is going to be like a John Stones on loan. Well, you've got a question about these ACLs. I mean, I had a good laugh about it, but are the players ever coming back from them? Yeah. I mean, I know we say, oh yeah, it's nine months. It's bullshit. Like, look at Bellerin, look at Holding. Yeah, are these players... And now Chambers is in that category. Right. Are yeah, they ever going to come back? Did Welbeck ever come back? He's a shoulder. He's always broken. Yeah. No, but, but, but Tierney has some well long-term groin, hamstring problems, Does it? doesn't yeah. he? Yeah. As well as his dislocated shoulder, which is pinning. Yeah. Are you ever going to get your ACL guys back to the level that they were? 
well, they weren't even perfect then, they were still work in progress. So maybe you take the chance. They say Bedouin's pace is gone. Bedouin's lost the pace. But I said, exactly. We've seen it before. We saw it with Theo when he did his ACL. He never had that. He never had that kick of pace, and they don't ever have that kick of pace. I think Bedouin's shot, frankly, and I'm not really do. Is it the physical preparation mm. of the players and their monitoring by is, the medical staff? But also putting ourselves in difficult situations where we're not on top of the game, we're chasing it, and there's always last ditch and hospital passes come in and then there's all this I mean you see for example um, when Doozy finds himself often in a situation where he's suddenly like oh shit I've got the ball and two opponents or three opponents are around me I don't know what to do and he sort of does some kind of back into them and falls over or something like that we, we, we seem to put ourselves physically a bit in jeopardy on the pitch a lot by being kind of behind the game do you know it's what I mean? A- the point is, is that now with a small squad of twenty odd players, it's a real issue because of three young, you know, three of our youngest boys, defensive prospects. Yeah, you know, with the old David Luiz, Love and, and Socrates. Mm. Yeah, you know, blimey. So yes, yeah, you, know, you could say, well, if you can get stones at a bargain, or you can get someone that you might say is a long term fit in there. But it's Wheeler dealing rather than we're not going to we're not going to say right. There's Van yeah. Dyke. There's a seventy-five million. Ten, we, yeah. Even if they're out there, we can't. If the opportunity was there, I guess they may well they may well decide to go. I don't even know if those are the sort of you know the superstar players. I mean, personally, if we were going to go into the market for anyone, I, I, I'd almost like some kind of you know maybe a bit of I don't know, a bit silly, say sort of British players, but some, some sort of like sit you know. Simple. I'm going to pass the ball quickly. I'm going to do my job. I'm going to do it well. Nothing flash, and let's get this get this cog moving. Well, there's like, a couple know, of midfielders. There's a couple of midfielders you buy from Leicester. For example, yeah, well, exactly that. Yeah, but everyone like, wants. Yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah. I'm not sure whether. A couple, well, I think Leicester have got a good chance of hanging on to them for one more year if they give them Champions League football. But also, also, you know. It's, I'm not sure that Arsenal are going to have the money. If they get, become available, there are other clubs in England with more All money. you get in January, generally, are problems that people want to unload. Yeah. Oh, Thomas Lamar, oh, 90 million deadline day two years ago, boy, available at half price. Stones, who everyone's even forgot exists. Right, I've got to give a, a name check here. We've got a couple of questions, so I, I must shoehorn these in. Uh, it's relevant to what we're talking about. Jonathan Houseman, who often contributes... He uh, tweets, after failing to support Unai last January, after losing half his back four and giving him Denis Suarez, will they learn this time to give us the best chance of your own success? Josh, Josh made a big point about how aggressive they told the executive team to be over the summer. He's been silent this time. So, um, I think that's partly been answered. I mean, yeah. they were aggressive. I'm just it's name just, checking. You know, you've got to be intelligent, aggressive. It's a good question. Um, <laughs> and I, I, I don't think we'll see anything this transfer window other than maybe a wheeling dealing, so a loan or a Kim Kalstrom type. Yeah. We're in the corner, we're on the ropes, we're being pummeled, right? We've got to try and get through the season, get to the summer, see who we're going to lose because they're going Can to Can we do it with three central defenders? One of them, Rob no, Holding. No, 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 no. Right. No, no, no definitely. Well, no. then we're not going to do it. I think unless we get somebody. I was very surprised when Panos went out. Well, well I, I thought the John Stones um, thing had some logic to it. I think Stones... He's, on, he's been on the bench. On a loan. I thought John Stones on loan. Why would City loan? Hang on, John well, Stones. Because we're not rivals. You've been saying John Stones a lot. You like is, John is, is he coming back from injury? <laughs> no, he's fit. He's now fit and he's just on the bench. I don't know. And apparently he's very close to Arteta. Oh, OK. Well, that would be interesting. Now, now, Simon said, the first thought that went through my mind was, hang on, rivals don't lend other clubs <laughs> players in a January window. But then I thought, Arsenal and City, we're not rivals, we're in different paradigms. <laughs> Stones get some game time, they can sell him for a better price in the summer, maybe. And aren't they short central defenders? You'd have thought so, yeah, because yeah, Laporte's still out, it? isn't he? I've had Fernandinho in the back, so I don't think that one's good. Well, I think a player like Stones would be but just what we need, actually. It is a worry. I mean, uh, yeah, I asked Vlog said today, it's a spot on. Everyone, can't, how are we going to go? It's, we've seen it so many times. We've asked them, we saw it with Dick last year. Please, not again, like, you know, running out of defenders. 
Right, I'm just going to change the uh, topic a little bit. Do we see anything of George Graham in Arteta? What? Yeah. Where's that one come from? Well, it's basically the idea that he is organised. He's organised the defence. That's a kick of men in the nuts. <laughs> well, still, I had a lot of time for George myself. I've got a lot of time for George. <laughs> <laughs> he thinks he can't lie, and you're saying you're talking to George. No, I, I, I get that feeling myself. About the two titles and a, I mean, for example, at half time against Leeds, Rule gets all the he buttons. did the whole vocal bit, you know? If, if Arteta was George Graham, the haircuts would have happened by now, wouldn't it? <laughs> right. That's true, yeah. Okay, it might be George Graham minus the haircuts. All right, I'll leave that one then. Uh, but, I, uh, but don't forget, Arteta did once have long hair as a player, and he used to tie it back with a bow. I think. So he might be. Yes, I've got this picture. Have a look at him as an Everton player when he first started. In seriousness, I think we're back to the question about. I think we're back to the question about Arsenal type players. But we're just talking about proper modern professional footballers and proper modern professional managers. And proper professional managers expect their players to run, work hard, stick discipline, play the lines, be tied together with bits of string. You know, you could quite happily see the back four plus, you know, Torreira and, and, and Chaka tied with a bit of string. Yeah, and string out. And they need to tie a bit of bloody string around Pepe as well. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'd say. Right. Certainly not if you get spaghetti junction, wouldn't you? It's sort of all over the place. Right, I'm going to do my other name check. We have sort of discussed this, but just to, just to get him in. Pete Mountford uh, uh, tweeted, does it look like we finally have a coach who's concerned with instructing his players without the ball and game management? Now, I'm going to bring us back to that idea yeah, of management. rolling around on the floor, okay, diving. I'm going to extend it to tactical fouling. Arteta's actually, I mean, that's what Man City do. And it works with them. But they also play very good football. Well, we've got to try and so do they that. They don't have to do it that much. Well, no, I disagree, actually. I think you'll find if you watch a Man City game against a top team, there is a lot of tactical fouling yeah. and a lot of time wasted. Spurs did it. Killing well. momentum. Yeah. Now, we haven't done that for, well, probably since maybe ever. Frankly, no, but we're not trying tactical foul. Like, get it wrong, and yeah, like, well, this is the problem. Who's on the yellow card? Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And, and we're in You can't compare City with Arsenal again, or Liverpool, because they're teams that they will go out and try and get the second goal first, and then they'll start killing the game. Well, look, our problem is that we do that stuff, and we don't do it very well, and we do it when we're one nil up, and that it's. Right. Do you know what? I'd rather see us play football and go two nil up. Call me old-fashioned. Right. No, I'm calling you naive. I could say there, there is no, there is no doubt that Arteta has brought in the uh, the Man City gamemanship, but it's it's something that the Spurs used to do and really pissed me off under Pochettino because they used to get away with it as well, even worse than City sometimes. I always felt, yeah, you to take the player down, take him out, take him out off the ball. Chelsea have always done it. Platy Terry and Cohen, the dark arts in the penalty area, mm. and we're clearly doing it. One thing that I thought was really interesting about the Palace game was just this craziness that happened with our twenty-two fouls. And our inability from minute 35 to 60 odd to actually make a freaking tackle without it being a free kick. Mm. And, it's obvious, and obviously, Ova got sent off. And it's obviously part of what he's trying to get them to do. What do you think Ova was doing there in that particular Well, he was just trying to, he was trying to win the ball and take the ball off. He was trying to put the pressure on it. Put pressure on. Yeah, it's trying to be. Part of his instructions. It is part of the instructions. Be more physical, be more vital. It's part of the point. It's part of the. It's what he's had in the nuts in the face. But we're not up to it. We're not capable of making those tackles. Whereas Paddis were constantly somehow nicking the ball and we were going, oh man, where's my free kick? You know? No, ref was letting it go. And every time we did it, it was like. <laughs> and then the ball came sailing in and then finally they score a goal and so that is a real problem but I did like the fact that I heard he said like less of this less of this flicky flicky stuff which I mean Aubameyang is that's one of my criticisms of him and some of the players you know this I've got I'll do a little flick even though there's no one there and we do that quite a lot and it doesn't go to any occasionally it can work the master of yeah, he'll not jail. No, he just kicked the ball at the touch for no reason. Sometimes. Why haven't we talked about Lacazette? If we're going to talk about things, we should be well, talking about interesting Lacazette. Jesus, he's bloody disappointing. He keeps giving us stupid fouls that cost us. 
He gave away the free kick that crossed this against Chelsea that one ended up in the back of the net, which was a pointless. He, he loses the ball, he comes thundering back into half, bundles someone over, free kick. Go. Well, yeah. it's a bit Malcolm McDonald, I feel, Lacazette. He, he actually has the same physique. No, I mean, in, when, when Malcolm McDonald at Arsenal, not Newcastle. He's not going to be happy about that, Lacazette. <laughs> <laughs> no, but he will score the odd goal. He, he will turn and do and, and He can get the odd, like, a well, poacher's goal. Well, he was the season last year. Well, yeah, last year. Maybe last year. But, it's a season. But uh, this, this he, well, it, there's a, it's a bit, it's like... Ball is bouncing off his shins a bit at the moment. It's not like he's not, doesn't feel, seem like he's all that central. Although the ball he put through to Abamia for the goal, the, the little dummy and the shimmy and the goal, well, that was great. I mean, so I the next looks, three games. I think he looks fat and he looks unfit. He looks the, the, the next three games have been the making of it. Because last year, Emery basically shared it around. Whereas this year it's been quite clear yeah, that Abamia is the main striker and Lacazette has to fit around it more and hasn't been playing as much and it's knocked his confidence. But the next three games, he is going to lead Arsenal's attack. So he's got to kind of prove, prove that he's worth it. I think Mark This goes back. One of I, I still think that you know, Arsenal. You can take so much of Arsenal's problems back to the, the, the transfer window two years ago. You know, the Özil contract. No, he's just trying to get. The just trying to get Still our second highest player, paid player, still probably getting paid 100k a week while he's not with us. But even then, but even then, when we bought Pierre Aubameyang, and yeah. yeah, he's a really important player for us, but we had Lacazette as a striker. Yeah. We had no central defenders. We, just we had an awful midfield, right. yeah. and yet we loaded in on a position we already yeah. had. Yeah. And the squad is so unbalanced. Yeah. And they've, you know, what well, was it's just clear, clear, that was clearly. Clearly next year. Ivan in panic And Wenger in panic um, Give me a striker. I don't need to. I'll score more goals. That was, that was, was a bit that of Ivan. That was a bit of Arsenal. Look. That's Ivan saying, we're the shit. Help me here. I need to get new deals signed with Emirates and Adidas. Whatnot, Adidas. Oh, yeah. How am I going to do this? Well, step one, let's get Ozil on board and then two, we can shoot her off the back at the end with Mikatarian. They all neatly fell into place as a sort of strategy of blew horrendous amounts of cash and wages and created an ongoing and then they, imbalance and then they did all of that and then, and then somewhere between to get the new deal Gazidis and Raul they then broke the first commitment that Raul made which was if you don't if you've got uh, less than two years and you don't sign you're sold and oh, you didn't stick to it so Lacazette and Aubameyang have run through that oh, deadline I, I cannot think that after this summer they'll both still be at the club but Lacazette's next three games is over to you Sunshine Okay. Um, I mean, you said that you believe Torreira will be the only midfield player at the start of the season after next. I disagree. Still at the club. I think Grandizzi yeah. will be there. Grandizzi, I think, I think Arteta will turn Grandizzi into a player. Starter rather than there. I mean, the way I see it, with the age profile of the current first team, um, there will have to be uh, a significant turnaround. I'm struggling to see how we're going to do it unless we've got one of the best scouting operations in Europe because money-wise we're not going to get a lot for these players and to buy younger is not going to be cheaper unless we really do find Well if you're not in the Europa League and you're not in the Champions League you can probably get players cheaper That's probably Right because the players you want you want players that will take you We'll say, we'll say in the second. Hey, no, 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 we're back to Leicester and Brendan Rodgers. Yeah, do Right. about the changes but that little power struggle I don't think was to our advantage because mm. you're right it's not going to be big money to spend this time it's, a, it's going to be about canny signings isn't it rather than big signings well, the, problem signings with a, the problem with a so-called canny brilliant. signing is it's a lot easier to get it right when you spend 75 million on a Van Dyke than when you spend 40 million 
on sort of the next category down because there's a reason why they're 75 million. It's because everyone knows they're bloody good. You spend 40 million. You can go wrong. You can spend 75 million on someone. If you want like a Chowdhury or someone like that, someone big in the midfield, you're going to lose Jacker. Yeah, you want some presence there. You're looking. Yeah, we've already talked about the central defenders. You're looking for spine. We're into spine. Oh my, spine cast. Because the idea of this poor lad who's actually also injured is going to arrive from France at age 19 and get thrown into the Premier League and sort out our central defence is just crazy. Right, I'm going to ask a straight question here. Where do you believe, league position-wise, Arsenal will finish this season? As in 5th, 6th, 7th, 8th, 9th, 7th, 6th. Simon? Anywhere between 7th and 11th. <laughs> okay, we'll take that as 8th for the sake of argument. Well, that's a point between them at the moment. So, <laughs> okay. well, 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 6th well, would be real pro. 6th guarantees Europa League. 7th depends on what happens with the FA Cup winner. Well, hang on. And uh, you go into that preliminary round where you go somewhere like Liechtenstein. Yes, there will be a qualifying round. Uh, is Leicester? Did Leicester beat uh, Villa in the semi-final first leg? Drew one all. I didn't think the League Cup mattered. It's only the FA Cup. No, I think the League Cup. No, it doesn't get Europa no, anymore. It's only the FA yeah. Cup. It's oh. only the FA Cup against Europa. Oh, okay, that's changed. Right. Well, would it be a good thing just to take a year out of the Europa? No, 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 not for no, money no, reasons. No, no. Not for you money reasons. You've got a forty million pound hole in your. Where have you job, been? And you've got everyone else out the door. <laughs> but if you're like, well, we'll, we'll all get short haircuts and run around in an Arsenal. We can all be George Bryan. So they've all gone. And then you get a load of Arsenal men coming in for the following season. Right, I'm going to give you um, a couple of scenarios here, a couple of records. Um, Liverpool, right? They play Man City on the 4th of April. If they are, are not defeated there, they will match the 49 uh, game unbeaten run. When do they play Arsenal? Right, Arsenal is the 2nd of May, and by that time, oh, if they haven't shit. beaten, they've beaten it with the invincible season. Late. They would have already done, it would be too late, so, so in our hands. The 49ers isn't, no. no. The 49 game record, that's out of our hands. I've got a funny one, actually. Go so I reckon we're going to beat Liverpool. Right. I really do. Don't ask me why. Well, it's 2nd of May. They might still be... They'll be be champions. They'll be possibly in Champions League semi-finals. I can see us beating Liverpool 1-0. Hang on a bit. So, who are the teams who can stop them beating the 49? Well, to be honest, quality teams, as in probably just Man City. Shouldn't United can do it if they've got to go there. It I think all, they've been there. It all right. depends, doesn't it, really? Yeah, or when Liverpool oh, switch to concentrating on, on retaining their if, your Champions League. Yes, yeah. yes. It all really yeah. d- depends on that. And Where they are, it's all, it would be love 12 games. games. They are. Can they dodge injuries? They are. We almost look at them on, as. Aren't they trying to steal our doctor at the moment? Oh really? Yeah, they could have him as far as I'm concerned. They could have some ACLs to go with him. Can he take the three ACLs? Having said that, the ox, didn't the ox get injured there? It is the most amazing... He did. Is it the most amazing team ever? Well... In football? Because it's not good. I mean, the Invincible is a great record, but what, it was 17... What was the points finished at? Well, 12 draws. 12 draws. Yeah, yeah. They're not going to have 12 draws. No, they are... They've had one draw. Last year, they, got a, they came runners-up with a points total that would have given a title in every season, basically, ever. To Van, Van Dijk and Alisson, the best right. two signings ever, 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 Now, ever, any football club and ever will be. Don't say We could have signed Van Dijk, mm-hmm. as we all know. Well, we could have signed everyone, couldn't we? <laughs> now, everyone, had a, everyone had a cup of tea <laughs> with Arsenal. I could have had for everyone who said we could have signed. He's completely Guardiola. We should have blocked. Right, I'm going to give you some long-term hope, all right? We're going to go back three years in time. Where were Liverpool? Okay? The point being... Three years ago, there were nothing special. Mm-hmm. Klopp was there, though, wasn't he? He was there, but was what, what had he done? What had he won? 
No, no, he'd been there a season and a half by that His time. first season, they weren't in Europa League. No, and they finished eighth in the Premier League. So in the second season, they weren't in Europe either. Uh, he came in October from memory, I think, or November. But anyway, um, what I'm really asking, does it give Arsenal hope, looking at Liverpool, that the right combination of circumstances can lead to success, or does it require a more supportive owner? Now, you've got to correct me here. Has John Henry injected funds, or have Liverpool been self-sufficient? Yeah, no, they're going with soft loans. So the owner has been financially self-sufficient. Soft money in for the stadium. Yeah, but they're back to with Alisson. Yeah, but it's using the money... Alisson and Van Dijk, I mean, come on. Yeah, I know you can say that that was the money from... Coutinho. Coutinho Coutinho as well. I mean, they dealt the transfer market. We, We all forget how they dealt Suarez and Coutinho... And the way they spent that money, yeah, at the end of the day, it was about they had they put not huge money on huge players. They got them all right, and on a the manager, they got. Them but where your where your question where your question is is we right, Pepe, Dave, Although the game is increasingly moving to a world where the rich get richer and Arsenal fall out that level. But in effect, Arsenal run the same business model at about the same size. So in theory, two or three years of fantastically shrewd transfer dealing and inspiring manager, Arsenal could get there because the baseline is still quite hard compared to the next, the rest of the game. Whereas if you're at Leicester, it's like an unbelievable achievement, but they're kind of above their level now. Mm. So yes, but you have to get all the stars aligned. I think you might. We might have. We might have a, a financial base. We might have a man, a coach base. I come back to it my worry is about rule and the football buying side and the player trading side and yeah Liverpool got that so phenomenally right and, there's so, more, and Leicester have got it phenomenally right and there's more right. competition out there and there is a lot ever. more I mean, yeah. when, you know, when we built the Emirates and we kind of almost thought that we yeah. were heading to a duopoly world Manchester United yeah. were rich for the income yeah. And Arsenal would be rich with the stadium. Yeah. You know, Spurs have got a better stadium now. Yeah. They've also got a better training ground. You know, England ditched Colney. It's much, much better because yeah, it's been bought more recently. Yeah. I mean, Everton won't give up. I mean, no. lost money is increasingly they're not going to give up. They've just got permission for the 55,000 yeah. stadium on the give up. new training ground. Leicester, uh, Leicester have got Leicester enough there. They're not going they're, to they're, give up. But they're, they're mid-sized. Chelsea... You know, he's still supporting and they've got great players coming. Exactly. Exactly. Sooner or later, Manchester United will be like a chimpanzee in a tripod like a Shakespeare. (laughs) Because there's so much money there. So the problem for Arsenal is yes, the financial situation is there, but where I do worry for them is you could easily see Arsenal coming fifth or sixth for another four years. What can I say? The Europa League will become like the new fourth place. It will be. Sorry. It's just because you've got a bigger pool of teams playing for those spots. Yeah, we always can say, oh, bloody hell, top four, shit. Yeah, that looks a long way off. It does make the game more interesting, though, doesn't it? Of course it, it does. It makes our league the best in the world. That's why they still sell the rights. And that's why we've got to watch this awful and you watch Super it. League idea. Because yeah. The only watchable league in Europe is the English Premier League because you don't know what you're going to get. Hmm. Sheffield United come to Arsenal, even if we win, we're still behind Sheffield United in the league. Yeah, I think obviously on a footballing level, on the pitch, you know, uh, teams like Liverpool and Man City, when you watch them play, they are on the front foot. And I mean, what Guardiola and Klopp have done is he's incentivised his players to play very fast, rapid, pressing forward football. When we have the ball, I, I, I still see us Yes, we've, we've put our back line up, but we're still passing it about, going backwards, sideways, dawdling. There's a lot of dawdling. Uh, and not that sharp, incisive, we're going to have it attitude. No, my hope is that you know, Arteta can really instill that into whatever team he yeah. wants. That maybe we can then, because ultimately it's the 90 minutes on the pitch that matters. All the other stuff, yes, it's important because it's what you have on the pitch that to do it with. But ultimately, you know, if Leicester can do it, you know, if if you look at Wolves now, the way they're playing, you look at, you know, teams that in the past you'd say, so what? You know, Southampton have been playing, like, yeah. quite impressively lately. Yeah. South fucking Hampton. Yeah. Well, if they come to hybrid, we've got to go, oh, well, we're worried about it. I mean, they beat us, didn't they? 
I mean, we, you know, Southampton are Southampton the best draw, team draw, in Arsenal. Draw. I mean, fuck. We salvaged the last minute draw with Lacazette's last goal. Oh, that's right. Sorry. Tough yeah. game we got coming up when we go to that's why I say 7 to 11 seriously it's, right. it's so, a so very debated league ultimately it's that I think there's a mentality of going for the best form of attack uh, of defence is attack and we still we go one up and we start slowly <coughs> softly no I, th- I think we try to score with second but we run out of steam but we've yet we failed so far in doing so so that's what we need to do is just but. that finishing the killer question. Killer, the killer question now is: Is the football is football at least something you want to talk about, think about, engage in debate about again? Yes. Uh, thank fuck. Well, yes. <laughs> That's why I say it. Thank fuck. Well, yeah, yes, it is. When you say that, when you ask the question, I'm, I'm still less enthusiastic than I was five years ago. Of course. But, you know, anything's better. Well, I think I that's... Watch, I watch that's, the game and, kind of, and, and that shit, am I really going to go? Could change. There's yeah, no, God, yeah, yeah, there's no, no Ivan. Yeah. Ivan is bloody gone. Yeah, Milan good. is ruining the land. That's <laughs> got to be a good thing. Emery's gone. That's Emery's good. gone. That's just fantastic. The next two Hang on, gentlemen, hang on. He's doing very well out there. But what's quite interesting, what, Sheffield United, then Newcastle, then oh, they're going, you know, are we going to go back to sort of 45,000 in the stadium, a bit flat? Because there was an energy for Chelsea United. But they're big games anyway. He's going to worry. They fed off. He's going to worry. Arteta's going to worry that you know, he can have a dip. If we dip. If we dip with like Sheffield United and Newcastle. We, we, we have a bad result or two. We have a bad result or two over the weekend and then with Chelsea. You know, bad Sheffield United game. Bad Chelsea game. If we lose at Chelsea. He's in his shit out and so is the team. Well, I mean, the only, the only thing you can say is that he it's has at like, least had a week now. He has had a week. Between games, which in yeah. theory is what he wants. Yeah. Obviously, next week isn't looking good because we've got Chelsea no. on uh, well, midweek. No, but the point being, there's no time between totally games. Totally what Arteta requires yeah. is a break so that he can actually instill That's stuff work, yeah. rather than just play for an individual. By the way, we haven't even mentioned beating Man United 2 0, which is something that. Well, probably one of the worst Man United teams. I've never seen such a bad Man United. <laughs> I know, I know. But imagine if we beat Man United after the season we've had to at least, you know, that win. 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 I was going to beat eighth place team 2 0. They didn't even have a shot, did they? No, they weren't yeah. bad. They were even You're worse than us. First half, no they shot. Are, I said are. to the local watcher who's a Man United fan, I said, you couldn't even beat us. <laughs> right, gentlemen, we've been talking for an hour, so I think we could, uh, we could indeed. But, uh, that's another question. I'm going to wrap it up here with a Guna plug time. And the current issue includes our traditional free calendar for 2020 on the theme of the history of the Arsenal Crest. A great calendar, I'm going to say, Thank you, sir. It will be on sale at the Sheffield United game next weekend from our trusty sellers and can also be bought through our store page on the onlineguna.com website. Can I just ask people at this point, what is everyone's favourite crest, Arsenal crest of all time? Ooh. Um, I like the old 30s letters myself. The, the Herbert Chapman one. Yeah, that's nice. Mine. Anyone in preference? Or? Uh, I, think, I think the classic... You know, with the, the, the sort of gothic writing, Victoria Concordia Crescent, with the green line through the bottom. Yeah, yeah but with, with exactly with the fleur de lis. For me, that's you know that that, that that's the one that does it, mm. which we had for quite a long time in our lifetime. Yeah, 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 absolutely. But it's the one they before they turned the gun around before the current. Well, Which that that they just ver- did a variation on the theme of the crest with all the stars and. Uh, but there was that era in the seventies where it was just a gun on the back. Well, it was shirt, just on the shirt. Oh, I mean, the, we, the, the, the calendar is it's a combination of badges oh. and crests. Well, well Chelsea and Tottenham continue to do that. Did you see Chelsea the other day in their nope. in their old kit? They played in a kit with absolutely oh, no um, no sponsorship way. on it. No yeah. way. Who was it against? Someone, was someone the FA Cup. FA Cup. It was FA Cup match. That's right. They did a 50 years or something. No, oh no, God! Separate, separate the sponsor for the cups. There was no sponsor on the shirt, and they wore a retro kit. And no. I hate to say it. I know it's a Chelsea. It looked quite good. 
Nice to do. I'd like to see an Arsenal play against Right, ain't going to happen. Right, so uh, anyway, you can also subscribe for next season through our website store. As our campaign to raise enough subscribers to ensure we can continue has now begun. So um, if any of you listening are current subscribers have not as yet renewed, we will be emailing you with a gentle nudge at some point before the end of February. We value your support and the price of the annual subscription for the Guna is less than the cheapest lower seer a seat to watch Arsenal at home to Watford. So for that, you get half a dozen 68-page issues delivered to you through your door every season. You cannot say fairer. Um, it's about 12 cappuccinos, isn't it? Yes, I it's, mean, it's, it's a bargain, bargain, basically. Bargain. As ever, a reminder, you can contact us regarding anything to do with the podcast via Twitter at Guna Podcast and email godgunapodcast at gmail.com. Many thanks for the questions and topics submitted for today. With that, it is goodbye from Tim. Goodbye. Simon. Bye. And Mustafa. Au revoir. We'll be back in February with another monthly edition. And for those that can't wait, you can follow the more regular video podcasts offered on the Guna Fanzine TV YouTube channel hosted by Leith Youssef. Much better than Arsenal TV, isn't it? Arsenal Fan TV. So I'm led to believe. What is it? I wouldn't know. (laughs) What is this AFTV thing? So with that, this is your host, Kevin Witcher, saying goodbye and thank you for listening. La-di-da-di-da, la-di-da-di-dee, all good friends and jolly good company. Well, hey!